Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Welcome to our podcast, We Can't Be the Only Ones. Yay! I'm Gail. And I am B. Yay! We're all here. How are you? Hail, hail, the gang's all here, the gang's all here. I'm sorry, that just popped right in my head. I don't know the song, that was fine. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. Good. Still mourning, but getting better. Okay. Seeing joy, that there's joy in the morning. There you go. You said that, I think, last podcast. So. Yes. I'm hanging on to it. See, I listen sometimes. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes being the operative word. Um, and how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay, but I'll be fine. So, see, that leaves an opening that you're not really okay if you're going to be fine. Yeah, I'm okay. You're okay, but you're going to be fine? Yeah, I'll be better. Okay. So, um, as we always begin, we start with our moment of gratitude. And my moment of gratitude is slightly influenced by Crip Camp. Um, not about gangs, but <laughs> Crip Camp that's on Netflix. And it was such a good documentary. I think it's um, nominated for an Oscar. I can see how it could win. I haven't seen the other documentaries, but this one was so moving. And it follows a group of kids with people with disability or children with disability, teenagers with disability at that point in time, who went to a club. I mean, who went to a camp that were catering to children with disabilities in New York. And so they just got to be teenagers. And from that experience of seeing people who were like them, but different still, um, they went on to organize and be able to use their voices to fight for disability rights and you know, they're pretty much the reason from that camp that they basically are, um, you know, they're the ADA, the American Disabilities Act. And I mean, they were in the camp in the 70s and just did the work to make sure that there were rights for people who have disabilities. And it was such a good movie. And I was just thinking, you know, there are like, at least for me, I can speak for myself. For me, there were the moment for me that just defined a group of friends who did great things and just a special moment in my life I was thinking about 
was high school, but more specifically like chorus, because I was a magnet chorus. So with that, you know, you we have our chorus teacher who I will always give her flowers, Miss um, De La Rosa, who now basically is the director of Miami Arts Charter School. So she has her own school. And um, from there, just having her teach us and the discipline. And, you know, by the time I was graduating in my 12th year, I think I was taking like chamber choir, which is Renaissance music. I was in the jazz vocal, which was like just 12 people with a microphone. Um, women's chorus, concert chorus, and also um, I was doing solos and ensembles. And one of the things that I kind of felt like, not just necessarily the singing and the friendship portion of it, but what I got from her was she taught us about meditation then. And, you know, I have perfect pitch because of her. Um, oh, wow. You know, there was a certain amount of discipline because she didn't leave room for us to be mediocre. There was no room. So there was always, there was a standard to have. And I'm not saying that every student got that, but at least for me, as I got more involved in it, there was a certain amount of discipline that went into taking care of your voice and making sure that you're part of the team. Um, it, and as I said, it just showed me my contributions within a group. Because if you are off key as an individual, you can hear it, you know what I mean? So holding yourself up to the esteem, because again, bad music is bad music when you hear it. Yeah, But a group of beautiful voices coming together is like one of the most beautiful things. And again, to use your voice. It taught me how to use my voice. It taught me how to sing loud, sing soft, you know, diction. Um, and some of the most beautiful pieces that I hear, because I like listen to music from everywhere, but some of the most beautiful pieces that I hear happen to be choral music. It's just something that's so beautiful about that group. And some of the the words that are written are so beautiful. So again, like Prelude to Peace, one of my favorite songs, absolutely beautiful. The Awakening by Joseph M. Martin is absolutely beautiful. And a lot of that basically inspires how I go through my life like in that song by the awakening it says let music never die in me so it just it stays with you and I am just so grateful to have been a part of that portion of South Miami high um and as well as within the choir as well so I'm just so grateful for the lessons that I learned there that just stuck with me into my adult life. In the past that you brought forward. Yes. And it brought you forward in a sense. Yes. It's always stayed with me. That's excellent. That is very good. And I think I'm glad that you were able to find the reflection of that. Because mm -hmm. some people don't. Yeah. They go their whole life and think they can't find it. They're yeah. that string. 
And Ryston wants to get up, but he's struggling. Welcome mm -hmm. back, Ryston. Come on. <laughs> okay. Don't you bite me. Oh my god. Mean dog. Mean dog. Okay, go over there with Berlin. <laughs> okay, my moment of gratitude was not being bitten by Ryston. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was thinking that. No, that was not it. No, I, I would have to give a shout out to my cousin Caroline. Um, we grew up together and she's a bit younger than me. But through the years, we have stayed in touch. Uh, we kind of lost each other for a minute and found each other through Facebook. And we've stayed in touch through Facebook and, and texting. And um, she is such an encouraging person. Even when things are, are, are really tough, because right now um, her brother, my cousin, is not doing well. But she stays uplifted, she stays encouraged, and she will encourage you no matter what is going on with her. And, and I, I'm just very grateful to have that personality to be part of my life. Good. That, uh, and, you know, and sometimes you don't realize really how much an impact somebody has on you till something happens. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I had to think for a minute, wait a minute, that's her brother. And she's like so upbeat. She's not down and everything. So we recently were discussing some things that are going on that would make most people and made me sad and overwhelmingly so and she has not an answer to it but because she's she's been through some stuff but she just has a, a balance to it mm -hmm. and is willing to teach you how to find your balance and she's not trained to do that there's no she didn't go to school for that that's just her innate ability She's the one person, if you don't even know her, but if you could talk to her on the phone, you would feel like she's hugging you. Oh, that's sweet. That is. That's like, the. I mean, in a text message, in the Facebook chat, she feels like you, feel, you can feel the hug. You can feel the love from her. And not everybody has that gift. So I am super grateful to Caroline and just... Her and my other cousin Viola, we would, um, we grew up with humor. I have to say that. We, we found humor in everything. We'd be at a, a funeral of an elder family member and cracking up to the point where my grandmother would come behind us and pop us all on the back of our heads and tell us to stop. Mm. But we could always find humor and just laugh until we wet our pants. There you go. <laughs> So I, I'm very grateful to her. Okay. So shout out to Caroline. Caroline or Caroline? Caroline. Caroline. Shout out to Caroline. Um, so we are at the moment of our discussion. And quite frankly, I really didn't want to do the podcast today or this week. I know. But I was willing to jump in. I always have a time. I, I just wasn't. <laughs> but as I thought about it and through some journaling because um, this hasn't been the best week for me. Um, 
I was just like, you know what, Berlene? You're, I have, I have this question that I have on my calendar and it says, what do you trust yourself to be? It was like a question I posed. And um, I left it for a while. And the answer is to be a bad bitch. It's just to be a bad bitch. So, you know, that's kind of like when I saw that today, I was like, girl, remember, remember who you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that commercial where that little girl tells her dad you didn't get up to be mediocre today. Yeah, like, hello. <laughs> so um, I wanted to talk about self-awareness. And I guess, you know, just thinking about your own thinking and thinking about thinking. Like, that's kind of what I like to do. So, as always, I love a good definition, so we're all on the same page, that, you know, Oxford describes self-awareness as a conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. And so, I went to the positivepsychology.com site, and they had a little bit more information, and basically was like, you know, there is self-awareness, but you're not always able to basically see yourself. So it's not necessarily the goal to always be self-aware because then what else are you focusing on? But it is something that can be attained if you're aware of who you are and how you are perceived. So there's a social awareness theory by Duval and Wicklund that is basically based on the idea that you are not your thoughts but the entity observing your thoughts you are the thinker separate and apart from your thoughts so you know a lot of, i don't want to say a lot of the time there may be some people that they just go in the world and they're like this is just me not necessarily questioning that why is that the way you are? So in self-awareness, you're thinking about, okay, I just did this. So how does that affect me? How does it affect other people? So you're trying to get down to the bottom of it. And so when we do focus our attention on our inner thoughts, it becomes a self-evaluation, which seems pretty simple. That at that time, you're giving your thoughts to whether or not you're thinking and feeling as you think you quote unquote should or you're following your standards and your values and again everybody has their own standards and their values that they feel like they want to attain or live by some of them are a little bit shaky but some of them are good so it all depends where you reconcile like am I living up to whatever standards and values that I've put on myself and so you judge your thoughts and your own behavior when you're doing self-evaluation. And there are just two outcomes that come from comparing yourself against your standard of correctness. So your standard of correctness is whether or not you find something that you think is okay that you should be doing or not. So you're that you're, the correctness is your own standard, but then you're just saying, am I right or wrong for this or that? And then basically you either 
find alignment or you find a discrepancy between your behavior and your standard. And what occurs is that you either work towards reducing the discrepancy or you avoid it. So again, there might be some things that we do that you're like, oh, you know what? I wish I had more humility. But then you're like, that's too much work to do. So you're like, I ain't doing that. So you never pick up the piece to say, let me at least explore and work on that level of humility because it just seems like so much work that why even bother? Okay. So as we go on, um, it also depends on whether or not we believe we can do it. So if you don't think that you can do something, you're not going to try either. You know, and the opposite thing rings true. Like if you think you're going to succeed at something and, you know, you have the efficacy about yourself, you're going to continue to do so. But they're just finding that, like, there are real benefits to having self-awareness, which it does makes us more proactive. It boosts our our acceptance and it encourages positive self-development because if you're aware where your strengths and your weakness lies you may just want to change them hopefully um it also allows us to see things from the perspective of others practice self-control work creatively creatively and productively and experience pride in ourselves and of our work as well as a general self-esteem it leads to better decision making and it can make us better at our job, better communicators in the workplace and enhance our self-confidence and at our job and well-being, which I'm pretty sure that translates into your relationship as well. And so I wanted to kind of pause there because we both did the VIA Institute and I think I mentioned this a while ago on the podcast to do it as a, a character strength kind of thing. So I did it back in 2017 or something like that. And mine, they give you your like 24 strengths. So none of the um, strengths are ever like you're a horrible person and you're a thief or anything like that. But they're all just, you know, good things yeah they're not necessarily weaknesses but they're like good things and then they um split it up between like your signature strengths which are your top five your middle strengths and your lesser strengths and um i'm gonna just tell y'all right now humility is at my 24 and it just stays there it just i took it in 2017 and that's where it was and that's where it stays but when I did take it in 2017 um, my top strength was actually fairness which was treating all people according to the notion of fairness and justice and not letting feelings bias decisions about other um, basically take the way I act towards them and giving everyone a fair chance. 
And at that point in time, I thought that was quite true. Um, the second one was hope, judgment, humor, and love. So those were my top five. Last time you took it? In 2017. Well, when I took mine in 2017, am I looking at 2017? Yeah. My top five was humor, kindness, gratitude, bravery, and social intelligence. Cool. And what did you do, the lesser ones? I did my last one. The, well, my really bad, my, my lesser ones were really bad. <laughs> How are they bad if they're all nice? It was, the 20, 20 was hope. That was my, one of my lesser strengths. <laughs> I was very hopeful. A judgmental, it, was ju it says judgment, which translates to what your wisdom is. Prudence, your temperance of things, perseverance, courage, and self-regulation. Regulating what one feels and does, being disciplined and controlling one's appetites and emotions. That was 24. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was, okay, since you did all four of yours, you did five or four? Five. I did the whole, the lesser, the lesser strengths. Does it all start at 19? No, mine started at 20. Okay, so mine was spirituality, which and that makes sense at that point in time. Um, appreciation of beauty and excellence, which I already know at this point in time, I'm like, look at the clouds. So that's yeah. changed completely. Teamwork, I, I can see why. I mean, sometimes when you're working in teams, it really isn't. Yeah, that, that was great. in my middle group. Yeah, it's really not the greatest thing. I don't like to be amongst people like that. So that makes perfect sense to me. Kindness was 23. I could have been a mean person then if I wanted to. Like, I wasn't so into loving kindness as I was. And then humility, which I'm actually, you know, I'm okay with that being 24. I don't know that at this point in time that I want to change humility. I, obviously not because it hasn't changed in the last um, few times. But could we pause? Like, how did you feel when you saw it? Do you remember how you felt when you saw it then? Well, I, <clears throat> I don't remember totally. I think I wasn't surprised. Mm -hmm. I wasn't surprised about it. And it kind of fit what I was in at the moment. Because if I think back to 2017, um, there, there were a lot of changes. Normally, by that time, I was ready to move on to another thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I ended up staying here. Mm -hmm. And this is like the longest place I've lived outside of my childhood. Oh, okay. So normally, you know, I kind of, you know, get the wagons and put them in a circle and we head out. <laughs> yeah, you hitch it up and you go. Yeah, so that kind of kind of fitted that, okay, uh, um, it, it, you know, I don't know that I lost hope, but all of that was sort of at the bottom of the scale and the top of the scale, the kindness, the gratitude, the bravery and social and the humor that that fit me yeah so and it just meant that I was just doing something different yeah 
Yeah. And I, if I were to look back, then what was going on in 2017? I mean, I don't even know where I was working. I don't know if I was at the Y or if I was back with the company that I am with now. Um, but the fairness portion of it, like, pretty much, like, I have no issue differentiating people. Like, it's, that's just been one of my main staples in life. It's just, if I don't like you, I really just don't like you. Like, it has nothing to do with anything else. I just don't like you. But if I meet you off the street, I'm not going to treat you like poo just because I can treat you like poo. And, you know, the hope and the judgment, which was the wisdom, the love and the humor, I could see that as just being placeholders. But I do recall when I first did this, I was like, you know what? My top strengths are there. They're there. So why continue to work on the things I'm already good at? <laughs> like, what? Well, shouldn't you work on the things that you're bad? That's what I did. Oh, but not the ones that you were good at. Yeah, okay. I was like, why, you know, I have this information that these are my strains right now as I'm taking it at that point. And I don't think that those are things that leave you. You know what I mean? And I think I was, I, I was more concerned about the middle, the middle grouping, you know, like your middle strengths. You, because... I actually thought that my spirituality should have been higher. Like, you know, I was going to church, tithing, but that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, and then since then I've learned that spirituality and being a church member and, you know, belief in God don't always mean the same thing. Yeah. You know, so I, I learned uh, to differentiate them and to put them in their proper perspective. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that then I realized the stuff that's in the middle is probably the stuff you do all the time. The top things are the ones that, like you say, you excel at. Yeah. You're most consistent with the things in the middle or the things that support those things at the top. Mm -hmm. And the things that are at the bottom, they're the things that you just couldn't get to. <laughs> Pretty much. I really you can't, can't get like, to I, I, it, it surprised me <laughs> in 2017 that, that hope, I mean, people used to always say to me, you're like this bottle of hope, no matter what, you can find the good in it and the good in them. And I was like, wow, hope just plummeted. <laughs> yeah, my middle was, my middle was fine. I was like, okay. There was love of learning, gratitude, zest, you know, stuff like that. But the bottom, I was like, you know what? I do want to see the world much more beautifully. Um, Self-regulation, I can see how that's been, that was lower then. I think I've gotten so much stricter with myself now as I've, like, gone into, like, being more of an adult. Like, I'm pretty good about adulting myself parenting myself kindness uh yeah that wasn't high on my list then it really it just wasn't it was like i will spray each and every one of y'all if you mess with me and <laughs> this is true it was true so i i at that point in time i was just like you know what uh, uh let's work on maybe some at the bottom that you feel like you need to work on 
and maybe some in the middle, and I just kind of left it. And I understood why why judgment was at the bottom because it the the judgment thing. I guess because things had happened a few years before that left me not in the trust mode of people and things. Mm -hmm. So I was quick to judge. Mm -hmm. And it was more or less a defense mechanism because you have to give people more opportunity and open yourself up more if you're really going to be fair about things. Mm -hmm. But when you're kind of shut down, you're not being fair. You're not going to be. No. And that, and for some, for me at that time, that was self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know it. You don't, I didn't know it until after I came out of it in some way. Like, you know, this is why, oh, you know, I really need to think about things before I... Because sometimes you can make so many bad judgments about people or things, what to do, where to go. And not just that they turn out horribly, but you miss an opportunity for something Uh that could have been a great thing. Yeah. And then you look back and think, you know, had I thought of this in a different way and, and took the time to view all the sides and been open, I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing about, like, for me, when it comes to self-awareness, if you don't just leave it on the table, you can do the work and see changes. And I think, you know, it's almost like when you have a baby or you see a baby and, you know, you meet them and they're in your lives and they can do absolutely nothing. And you're just there to take care of them. And they're blank slates. And then they start recognizing you. And then they start, you know, asking for you and calling your name and walking and talking and growing. It's almost that you have to do that to yourself and think of yourself almost, you know, as a blank slate. Like, again, like none of your thoughts are really original. They come from somewhere else. Yeah. So if you're not in the process of questioning your thoughts and where they come from and looking at yourself from an outside looking in standpoint, it's hard for you to improve because you have no basis as to where to start. And interesting you to say that. Because when you started talking about the self-awareness, it it had a scripture that popped in my head, Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. um, Helpful, not helpful to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed. And that's an open Bible version. Sorry, Charlene. I know she's listening. It'll be like, she's not quoting St. James. Okay, sorry. But um, King James, King James, not St. But what it's saying is when you become a follower, a believer in Christ, you put off the old person, those old attitudes, those old things, and you don't dip back in. But that's the struggle people have. We keep dipping back. Because sometimes those are the comfortable places to be. 
Yeah, it's your home base. Yeah, it's like you're playing. And I don't know if it's so much. I don't know. I don't want to call it a home base. I just want to call it a com, an an uncomfortable, comfortable zone. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's your cover. Yeah. If I run underneath there, nobody really sees who I really am. Mm-hmm. Then I don't I don't have to because when you shake off some of that old stuff. You know, to try to find your humanity, to try to find your hope, to try to find your wisdom and to not be judgmental, then that means you got to open yourself up, not just you to new things, but you to new you, the new you to people that may have judged you before. Mm -hmm. And are they really going to accept that new you? Yeah. And I think that's that's the biggest fear people have. I know that's the biggest fear I have. I've changed, but have I changed enough for you to notice? I mean, how much do I have to do? I mean, I, when it comes to things, when it regarding me, not you, I was um, thinking about stoicism, and one of the questions that it asks you when you're doing stoicism is. Like, why are you upset? And most of the time you're upset because you can control it. So then why are you upset? Because you can't control it. But seriously, but why are you upset then? You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, like, control your controllables, which is you. If you know that this is your measuring stick, no one can tell you how far you need to be on your own journey. Like, and that's well said and done. But still, you still don't want, you still want people to see the new you if you're working towards a new you. I don't know that I care. See, I'm one of those people who do. Yeah, I don't know that I care. I don't know that if I do um, improvements that I have other people, especially when it's self-improvement, that I have other people in mind. I, I don't. Because it's about me. Back to the humility portion. Okay. <laughs> uh, Still working on that. I don't know that I want to. But it's not on my list this year. So, so now we're going to look at the new year. Yeah. So we, uh, I did mine. It popped into my head to do another one um, this week. And I was like, I wonder where I am with this. Because I think I've made strides personally. In the last four years that some of these should be a little bit jumbled up. (laughs) Except for humility. They should have moved up the ranks. They should have jumbled. And even if something that I was high in as, you know, when I last took it fell towards the middle, I was I was going to be okay with that. Because, again, I felt like that was such a strength already that I didn't necessarily need to continue to work on that because it's there. I don't think I lessened, at least for me, when it came to my top five the last time, I don't think any of that has changed. But I was... No. Intru- no. I don't think that I've gotten... What were they? Me no think that I've gotten any less fair that I've gotten any less hopeful. I haven't gotten hopeful. I haven't lost my wisdom about myself. I haven't lost love and I haven't lost humor. 
I don't feel like I lost any of that or that it decreased within that time. Well, mine was like a drastic change. Uh-huh. Mine changed, though. So that oh, was like in mine 2017. Mine was like drastic. So my number one thing was honesty. And it was speaking the truth, but more broadly presenting oneself in a genuine way and acting in a sincere way. Um, being without pretense, taking responsibilities for one's feelings and action. And I was just like, you know, it's strange that like I'm in my year of radical vulnerability. And with that being said, for me, when it comes to being vulnerable, it comes with speaking my truth and just being much more honest with those around me, even if it makes them uncomfortable about how I feel and it's not without pretense but it's just like here I am okay here this is and you can take it or not like it and I feel like at the age of 35 too that and they also say that too like at the age of 35 it's really like sets the stage for who you're going to be for the rest of your life there's just something about being 35 that you've been through enough to learn from your past mistakes, hopefully, and then be able to apply it to now and to your future self. So I'm actually, I think I'm pretty dope. So I just, back to the humility, I think I'm pretty dope. So I'm like, I don't mind presenting me as me, as quirky as I am. So... I thought that was pretty spot on. The next thing was kindness, which was like a, a big jump. These are your top five. These are my top five. And then kindness was like 23 the last time. And now it's like number two. And again, I'm a firm believer within that time frame of loving kindness. Okay. So that jumped up. Humor stayed because, you know, I'm funny. And <laughs> I don't know that it, that's what humor means. It says liking this. to laugh and tease, <laughs> bringing smile to other people's faces. You're welcome, everybody. Seeing, Not necessarily telling jokes. Seeing the, <laughs> yeah, seeing the light side about things. And I tend to see the bright spots even when it's dim. And making, but not necessarily telling jokes. And another one that jumped for me was spirituality, which is having coherent beliefs about the higher purpose and meaning of the universe, knowing where one fits in the larger scheme, having beliefs about the meaning of life that shape conduct and provide comfort. And I thought that was pretty spot on because for me, that was one of the things that I have developed, which is my core beliefs. Um, and even with those core beliefs that I have, I tend not to stray too much away from them if I can. So now, where is your... And wait, number five is love of learning, which you guys can basically tell. Where's your social intelligence? It is 20. But the last time, I don't know where it was. The last time it was 16. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the humility. Huh? That's humility, too. I don't know. 
Alright, hold on. I'm, I'm jotting down because I can't, I don't have that type of memory that I can jot back and forth quickly. Well, I, I had the app, I had the test up. Oh. And then I have photos of the last one. Oh, so you, oh, look at you. See, so okay. I didn't have the memory. I just had. That's learning. <laughs> <laughs> now you need to teach it. Okay, so did you do, let me do my the bad ones first. Oh, I didn't even do my bad ones. I didn't care. Oh, okay. See, I, I care. <laughs> All right. My last time, hope, judgment, prudence, perseverance, self-regulation. Now my bad one, self-regulation has rolled up to 20, so I've gotten better. There you go. <laughs> love has dropped in. My hum and it's love valuing close relationships with others, in particular those in which sharing and caring are reciprocated, being close to people. This is a lesser strength now. And I'm, I'm thinking I can see that. How, yeah, that's happening. Mm -hmm. That is definitely happening. Perseverance. Humility. Welcome. <laughs> and prudence. Being careful about one's choices and not taking undue risk and not saying or doing things that might later be regretted. I am living this. <laughs> the last, so apparently I'm in for some radical changes. Oh, you so you see the ones on the bottoms of things you want to work on going Well, forward. I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> and then the top ones before it was humor, kindness, gratitude, uh, I can't read my own writing and social intelligence. Now it's fairness, justice, treat all people with the same regard regarding to the notion of fairness and justice, not letting my biases make my decisions for them. Humor, spirituality, hope and forgiveness. There you go. And they weren't anywhere near the top. The only one that was there before was hope. Uh, uh, humor and I see where they put hope as transcendence is, am I saying that right mm-hmm hope spirit spirituality and humor are all the same transcend what does that mean that they're transcendence basically going past where you are it's a little bit it's beyond the normal beyond oh. the physical level oh wow and forgiveness, forgiving those who have done wrong, accepting others' shortcomings and giving people a second chance and not being vengeful. Hmm. And I used to be a vengeful sister. Yeah. Yes, I used to be. No, I was saying like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You, you know yourself better than I do. So I think there's been some changes in the top five. Not bad. Um, my bottom ones, it's, it's really curious. So those are the things you'd like to work well, on? Well, those are the things that are like on my, in my face. Okay. That, I mean, and I think you would agree. Would you not? For you? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. If you, I, I say, however you want to work on it, do what you need to do. That's best for you. Um, but I just find this interesting and I was just like, I wonder where we are and stuff like that. 
So back to self-awareness, would you agree based on, because sometimes, I mean, and again, this is only a tool. This isn't like the truth. It's not the gospel. This is not the gospel. I, I would agree with it regarding my humility. It just, yeah, that's going to stay down there because, you know, I, I think I'm hot shit. So, and sorry. I'm surprised that my humility is there. I don't know. I don't, I don't. Humbleness to me is one of those things that I'm like, why should I be humble? Like, you know, like. Well, because this is not regarding oneself as more special than you are. But I am special. I'm one in 400 trillion. We all are. So, but again, <clears throat> this doesn't necessarily mean these are bad. No, I mean, there's just a lesser strength. I, I, I have just seen my, and you know, I think I have had the, to have deal, dealt recently with my lesser strengths because my stronger strengths I've slipped from mm. because I think sometimes in life things come at you so fast and furious mm-hmm. that you lose your footing. Yeah. So it's sort of like if you live someplace and you know that fires are prevalent and you don't bother to retank your um, fire hose. Or make, get like the or, windows that. Yeah, you know, if you don't like double check those things at all times, you're like, well, the last two fires came through and we were good. We're oh, That's like people that live where there are uh, earthquakes and fires do come. And the last two fires missed them. So I, we're good. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to leave. And you become complacent mm-hmm. and don't, you know, keep your markers up. Mm-hmm. Keep, you know, uh, for me, it, it keep, keep prayed up. Keep Bible study. I, I sometimes, you know, things are going so well. I'm good. Then all of a sudden there's a crack in the door and the flame shoots in. Yeah. And you can't move fast enough to put it out. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just think I can't be the only one that that happens to. No, sometimes when it rains, it pours. Like, again, this week has been hella hard for me for many various different reasons. And there are some changes that I've made um, personally in my life. And it, it happens. But to me, sometimes it's kind of like, you know... Almost like, did you die? And I didn't. So I'm like, I'm so grateful. And gratefulness really helps me navigate very tough situations. It just does. Because it's just like, you know, if something, if this were to occur, I'm so grateful for the experience. Or I'm so grateful to have had that person in my life. Or I'm so grateful that, you know, I can hear my daughter, you know, she had her friends over today, laugh and be happy. So, again, gratefulness, which I think we harp on, and I'm a big, big proponent of it, really shelters for me a lot of the blows. Because even if it rains, you know, most of the time, sometimes when it rains, it does pour, but every once in a while... If you're looking up to the sky for one, you'll spot a rainbow. 
And so for me, it's just like, yeah, bad things happen, but what can I can do to control the bad things? Absolutely nothing. So why am I so upset that I can't control this bad thing? It's going to happen regardless of whether or not I stand in front of it or step to the side. It is what it is. So those are for me, like if it's something that I really cannot control, there's the process of the emotion of it. Yes, I might feel the emotion, but as far as letting it take me down, I just can't. Like I still got to live. So for me, that helps day to day when things are happening to me that I'm just not expecting. And that happened this week that I was just like, well, What's the bright side of this and what's the lessons of this and what good can come of it and just look for the things that do that. But again, I'm like, I wake up in the morning like super duper grateful and it just, it just stays with me. When I get my lunch at school, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so grateful. Like it just kind of is one of those things that's like a big buffer for me when things are just going awry. And then, you know, the moment I realize I can't control it, I just kind of like, oh, well, what you mad about? Something you can't control? That's silly to me. So that's kind of how it works for me. But there are ways to um, increase your self-awareness. And that's to create space and time by either connecting with yourself daily which again, in this busy, busy world with, you know, there's a pandemic and there's stuff going on. You know, I think a lot of people leave themselves by the wayside because, you know, who am I in this world? Of, and I think sometimes we are a little bit too humble where we place ourselves like, why do I matter? Well, why don't you? Why, why are you not seeing yourself as being worthy? And it's not that you're more worthy than other people. You're just simply worthy and so are they. And I never thought of humble in that, that you're not worthy because you're humble. No, I didn't say that. I'm well, just... no, I'm saying it. Because uh-huh. <clears throat> some people do. When they're humbled, they feel like there is the worth is the other person, not them. Yes. But to me, that's not what being humble is about. Yeah. Humble to me is about to be able to see the worth in the other person. Yeah. And, and, and I think people miss that point when they say, you know, I humbled myself, but you still can't see the worth in others. Every day. So what did you really humble yourself for what? That to make themselves feel good. Yeah. To make themselves feel good. Um, another way is to avoid digital distractions. And I will say this, I deactivated my IG account, I don't know, a week, two two weeks ago at this point in time. Part of it was to kind of quiet the noise because I was just like, not that I don't care what y'all got going on, but I don't care what y'all got going on because there's just other things that I'm missing while I'm looking at a story. And my whole thing is like, if you got my number... You can reach out to me. And if you don't, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I just, that has helped as well regarding like having space and time to think about things, having space and time to kind of like 
focus on me because there isn't that outside noise. And I barely watch TV, so there's less of that. So now I have more time to either research or journal that kind of freed up that was being eaten up on social media. Okay. So for me, that helped. And then, you know, carve out solitude, which is, I've already been doing. Like, I've already been like, this is me. This is my moment. Leave me alone. Um, another one is to practice mindfulness. I think we've spoken about mindfulness before. The more mindful you are, the more you're going to probably pay attention to others and how you feel as it arises. And in one of my situations this week, it came with speaking to someone about how I was feeling. This isn't about you. It's <laughs> It came with speaking to someone about how I felt. But the thing is, the way that I was feeling, I could feel the change occurring as it occurred. So before that, as the feelings were changing, I let that person know, look, this is where I am. And a lot of the times, people aren't aware, like they just let life happen to them. So this happened to do with somebody that I was dating and um, basically was like, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in total transparency. Like, I don't want to fall into love because that seems very simple, but I want to step into it. So I'd rather be very smart about the person that I'm going to be dumb for because love makes you dumb. That's true. So dumb and stupid, huh? Dumb and stupid. It does, and I've been there. And I'm not speaking from like other people's experiences. I'm speaking from my own. Like you do stuff and look back and think that I know. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. I can't tell you how many times. Every time I go into a department store or some place that has expensive watches, I will never forget. And he listens to this podcast. Every time I see a watch, I think of Clarence Palmer. I bought that, <laughs> another name, that, that man. He's a, he's a nice guy. I mean, he's not a bad guy. It just didn't work out. I bought him this most beautiful watch. I really should have got that watch back. Yeah, so. And I couldn't afford to. It was so stupid, but I was in love. I mean, it makes you really simple. It just does. And it's just the nature of you being bonded to that other person and glazing over things. That <laughs> Everything. Should, that shouldn't <laughs> be glazed over. But if you're mindful. You don't do that. You can catch yourself. You can catch yourself as things occur. Well, I like what you said about you don't want to fall in love. You no, want to walk into it. Pretty much. As a partnership. And I'm not saying that. If I feel this way, you need to feel this way at the same time. Because that's not necessarily the way the universe works. Right. But at the same time, I would be a fool. A complete fool before being a fool to just say, oh, yes, let's just see how things happen. Like, that's what I did in my 20s. 
I'm not doing that in my 30s, and I'm not necessarily looking for marriage or kids. No, so this, it's not this even. isn't a dinner that you're making out of a, a recipe you got online. This is like your heart. Yeah. And I think, again, when you're not mindful and you're not even self-aware, you can, you, that's how you just fall into it. You're like, well, how did I get here? How? Like, it just happened. But if you're, like, taking that moment to say, wait, and evaluating where you are in different areas of your life, then you can go ahead and say, you know what, not that. Or you know what, let's have that conversation. Or whatever the case may be. And as unromantic, which again, I think we've had the whole conversation, I don't give a shit about romance. Um, As unromantic... It comes, it goes. It comes, it goes. But... That stupidity that you feel, that lasts, that stays, <laughs> it's a bad burn. You always have the scar. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just one of those things that, again, like, it's uncomfortable, but it goes back to, like, being honest and being transparent and presenting yourself in a genuine way that doesn't compromise your convictions. And I think a lot of people compromise their convictions because it feels like you don't want to step on that person's toes or you don't want that person to think of you differently. But meanwhile, you're squandering yourself. Well, how many times have you heard, I don't really know of any man that's ever said this, that I know. But I know women who have said, oh, he can't see the real men until dot, 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 dot. Like, you know, you say, well, girl, what you care about? What you, you know, you always wear that. Go like that. Or the hair. You always wear your hair a certain way. And now you're going out with somebody and, and you either got a wig or you get a weave. or you get, That's not the hair I normally see you with. Well, you can't see that until. Yeah. And <laughs> until I, when? Then when he does. And, and he's unhappy and leaves, what, what will you say? So you're not introducing him into your authentic self. Pretty much. You're giving him somebody who doesn't, who's not here forever. And that's the thing, too, that I think a lot of people, when it comes to, because I think self-awareness is a little bit hand-in-hand hand with self-authenticity. Yes, I think is. they're they kind of like walk in the room together when they come to a party, they come together, you know, so um, when one's there, one's not too far away in some shape or form. So if you have low self-awareness, then you're probably not the most authentic person because you don't know you are. But you think you are being authentic. Well, you're not, but you don't know you enough to say, again, thinking about your own thinking, like, wait, this is not how I want to present myself. And one of the things, again, another reason why my humility is just boop to the bottom. I don't necessarily care how people view me. And part of the reason is either you like me or you don't. Now, I don't go in the, the world like, you know, spitting in people's faces and not wearing a mask and doing yeah. things that would be deemed like, 
okay, now I really don't like her just because she's a, that type of person. But at the same time... You're not time, being judgmental. Yeah, I'm not... Un, you're not judgmental and uncaring. No, but it's not like I, I set out to go into the world to please everybody. That is not my station in life. And either you like it, you don't like it, or you love it. Well, see, this is the thing I don't understand. Why is that even an issue? What? What you just said. Most people, all of us should be living like that. Kind and generous and thoughtful to everyone that we meet or come across or whatever. Being our authentic selves. Sometimes we're more authentic with strangers than others. But why do we feel like we just have to like perform? I mean, it depends on where. I think it depends on like your... You're, you remember the standard of correctness? So if your standard of correctness isn't your own, I think a lot of people don't have their own philosophy on life. They don't have their own, you know, my whole thing about life is I am a semblance of presence in the present. So I'm your little glimpse of a lot of presence right now. Because that's okay. all I can ever be. And I guess that makes me think about when Julian and his little friends, we would go places. If we went to the zoo, we had zoo manners. Mm -hmm. If we went to the park, there were park manners. If we went to a birthday party, there were birthday manners. And this was when he was three, four, five. And then at six, we stopped discussing it. And I remember once a friend of mine was in the car and um, Rabina and her son, we were going to a party and she was like, okay, did you give them the scale of the, the manners? I said, no, at this point, they know what their manners should be. Yeah. Because we reviewed it. And it didn't necessarily mean that the manners changed. They were basically all the same. It just meant that wherever you go, you should have manners. Yeah. But because these are little guys, I was putting it into the perspective as to just where you were going today mm -hmm. to have, you need to have manners. And I don't know that people, that's like common sense, thoughtfulness. I'm, I'm not sure people are still teaching that to Kindness. children. Kindness. Right. I, I don't think they're teaching that to children anymore. I, I, I mean, I don't know because I see kids and then they become adults. It goes right back to your very beginning, how you spoke about what happened to you in school and how that thread of music followed you and is still with you mm -hmm. and the things that you learned there because she gave you a baseline mm -hmm. and demanded excellence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are always when Julian grew up was always like, he's such a polite child. That should be for every child. You should never say what child is not polite. They should all be polite. You'd be surprised. I, I'm not because I see them all the time, but yeah. but that's, it, it's, it's a basic thing that we're not giving in the toolbox of our children that will become the adults. Yeah, and I think part of it is society, back to what you were saying, like why do people feel like they can't be their authentic selves? You don't question society's standards on you. So it's hard when you have 
the whatever society you're in or the culture and you're in mm. that tells you that a woman is such 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 and if you deviate from that technically you're not a woman you know so there are societal pressures where it's like you must do certain things and you must have certain things unless unless you're not that what we they whoever they is deem you to be and because most people again self-awareness and thinking about your own thinking they don't think who told me that who taught me that my worth was yeah. this they want to fit in be accepted so they'll toe the line yeah or to avoid trouble yeah and i'm not I can and say I think that, that that's where our racial disparity is. Mm. And I think there's a group out there now who are like, bring us, bring, bring us to trouble. What is it? The guy that's, was he a Senator that died? Good and, trouble. Yeah. Good trouble. Mm -hmm. So it's like at some point you had, and, and I do believe that means we're going against this standard that you put out there that is not, a good standard yeah it's not fair it's not equitable mm -hmm. it, it just is not and and I guess that's so confusing to children as you're raising them and then you become an adult and you have your parents have taught you at home you're this you're that be self-aware you know you're intelligent and then you go someplace and somebody looks at you and they don't even know your name but they say you're not intelligent I was funny talking about not intelligence, but humor is um, I was listening to Hidden Brain and they were talking about humor and they were saying how like starting like four year olds like laugh up like 300 times a day because they're silly four year olds. Everything's funny. And then as you get older, you lose a bit of your humor. And so around the age of 24, which is when most people are entering the workforce, they basically stop laughing. Like they'll be like, they laugh like two times a month or something really? abysmal. Like, and I, I couldn't even wrap my head around it because I like cackle all the time. Like, I don't know that there's a day where I haven't laughed like a good belly laugh I, and I know Me and too. that doesn't come back until you're like 70. So you have a culture, a work culture that basically sucks the humor out of you through policies and procedures that until you're like 70, then you get your laughter back and who wants to live like that? A lot of people apparently forced to live like that. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, I don't, the same way I don't like, you know, like I said earlier, like let music live in me is the same way that I want love to live in me. Let humor live in me. Like things of like hope. I want those things to kind of live in me. And I don't want those things to be taken away from me because that would be less than living. Well, you are truly blessed because there are people who are living without hope, without those things. And they are very self-aware. They're self-aware of the things that they don't have. 
you know, and it's unfortunate that we're in such a world now that there are people out there like that. And there are people on the other side who could help and won't. Mm-hmm. And they're very self-aware to the point of, I really have to protect all that I have because those self-aware people over there that have not want my stuff. And the thing is, it's not even that. Like, I think every, when it comes to thoughts that are in your mind, right? And how you view the world and the things that are your strengths. Because again, the way that I would practice my honesty is not the way other people would practice honesty. It's just that. So it's just something that is so unique to you. Individualized. Individualized. And I think a lot of the times we are not taught to work on ourselves because we come last, especially women. Yeah, we raising everybody else, feeding everybody Raising else. grown men, <laughs> raising your own children, you know, raising your boss. Like, you're doing all of these things except for raising you. And that's why I call it, like, adulting myself. You know, not adulting, but parenting myself. Because, yes, I have my mom. She's still alive. But she don't have, she did what she needed to do as she could do and she's still available if I need her for advice or everything but if I need to call her to make my doctor's appointments and to fight the person at the school for me who says something I didn't like I got issues and there are people at your age who do call their parents trust me I understand that so again it's just like we send our kids off to college and still follow behind them oh yes we I've seen it I have seen it. So it's just one of those things that I feel like some of, there are certain journeys in life that are no one else can help you with but you. Now they can support you, but the work is all yours. It is truly all yours to get on the other side of it because it's in your head of what where you fall short or fall high or in the middle of that is such a personal thing that we tend to kind of like leave it up to chance and chance doesn't work that way another way is to journal your awareness which you didn't mention you know i'm a big fan of journaling um which is basically you process your thoughts through writing and record your inner states And you mentioned that, like, with one of the self-care tips the last time. Like, you know, go back to see how you were thinking. Sometimes there's that's where the growth is. And you know, if you go back and find blank pages, hmm, ask yourself why. And I think there is beauty. Like, your life is so short that we won't always remember what we were thinking Last Saturday at 12.59 p.m. But I feel like if you feel it, you... Sh- That's what I'm I saying. I was trying to think. You don't. Know. Oh. 
I remember now. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those things that, like, if you feel it, like, just jot it down, like, really jot down how you feel because sometimes that's all it takes for you to just write it down, even if it's on your notes in your phone because you don't have a pen and paper and near see, you. I'm not really a journaler. Uh-huh. And that's why I carry one and write everything in it. Yeah. Appointments, everything. And then it's easier to throw a thought in there about something. Yes. And then I, I and maybe it's, it's how, because when I was younger, I used to keep a diary. And my mother is the reason why I stopped because she started reading them and then questioning me about them. Thank God for my grandmother who told her she could not. Yeah, those are your <laughs> thoughts. Those are your thoughts. But that's what I do to, to you know you have to be you know you have to be consistent and you have to do it mm -hmm. and like you say go back over and read it and you know two things that you've talked about today really come to mind about I really like that and I want people to pay attention and make note write this in their journal walk into love don't fall into it I think that that is that is just great. That's the best thing that, especially women and men, this is not a woman's thing, a yeah. man's thing. Walk into love. Yeah, don't just I let mean, that it, happen to you. You walk into love with your children and you, you know, as a woman, you birth them. Mm -hmm. You birth them so there's a, that time period of bonding that you have with them. The father of the child did not carry the child. So in a sense, they walk into love with that child. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a, those are bonds that hopefully are never broken. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is you got to do the work. That's a catchphrase I've been hearing so much today in today's times, even with particularly with regard to white people understanding what blacks are going through blacks understanding how white people got to where they are and you know you can hate them all you want but that's not going to help change things you've got to do the work if you want to see change you've got to do the work and your own work not somebody telling you here, little girl, here's the way you do it. Because again, well, then that's not work. That's what I'm saying. That's not work at all. You got to do the work. You got to do your you work. You can't take, you know, I, I read, that's like when I was having Julian, Dr. Spock was the, the all be all on how to raise a child. Isn't that the guy that like, he's like, go ahead. He did uh, bad things afterwards, right? I, I have no idea. Okay. Cause the, the whole thing that baffled me when a friend of mine, like, actually brought me a big old thick book with Dr. Spock, and, and she's black with a white guy on front. I said, he doesn't even have children. How does, what? I gave her the book back. I said, I got my grandma. I got my mother. I got aunts and cousins that have raised children. I don't even need this. Mm -mm. I didn't understand why you're following someone who, A never had any B had the wherewithal to write a detailed book and then people are blindly following him that just sounded a little occultish to me and okay. I just I, you know but you can read that book but you can't sit down and talk to your parents and you can't sit down and talk to your kids but you can read a Dr. Spock book so sometimes 
don't go outside your circle unless you have a really horrible circle and most people don't go within your circle to seek some help and guidance and see what other people are doing that's like I will say now when people look to other people and say oh that's like the podcast and different things people generally now look for someone who are in the similar circumstance to be able to give helpful tips mm -hmm. not somebody who's totally out of your realm not doesn't even know what you're going through to be able to share with you yeah and another that's one of the two last things that they had mentioned was to a practice listening you know pay attention to what the speaker is saying observe their emotion and behavior and don't judge and evaluate which i think is hard but active listening can be done it's a skill not a, a concrete thing and to gain a different perspective I will say this, um, I think I talk about my book club ladies every time we meet, but we met this um, this past Thursday, which I'm glad I left the house and I did it, and there is something, and they are women who are white, but they're like, one is from England, one is from Ireland, one is from Cleveland, one is from South Dakota, so there's still a diversity in their mm. own whiteness. And the thing is with listening to people who have different perspectives and different experiences and different one grew up on a farm and had donkeys like it, it changes. It opens up a world to you to see. And again, we don't live in a society where people tend to have people over their house who are different than them to even initiate the conversation. Oh, you do that there? Well, we don't, but we do this, or this is still a core value or whatever the case may be. You just don't have enough of that to even gain a perspective. And then when you do have the moment to do it, you stay closed off in your in-group. And that's such a disservice because you lose, the I say it again, the diversity in thought. And you not only diversity and thought, you lose the ability to be able to communicate outside of your circle. Because that takes a level of communication. Uh-huh. It really does to be able to not just listen, but to hear. Yep. Because you can listen all day, but what have you heard? Uh-huh. And if you're always in that same huddle, that same group, you're not going to get new information. You're not going to give information you may have information but if you're in that same huddle they're not listening to you because y'all all doing the same thing the same time all the time mm -hmm. so why are we imparting new stuff you want to to me diversity just doesn't mean people that are different things that are different it to me diversity also means opening myself up to different mm-hmm yeah, go, it flows both ways. A lot of things flows both ways, either negatively or positively. And we just, we miss it. We just, through, through just being busy, through not being self-aware, we just kind of miss that there are certain things that go hand in hand. And that we could probably make our lives a little bit better. But again, you know... 
I'm I'm a firm believer that like you can never first of all you'll never know yourself because me at 35 is not be at 15 and which is not be at five there have been complete shifts and changes of that and I do recognize it as such but at the same time right now there's an ownership mm-hmm. to me there is an ownership to the entity that I am. And I don't necessarily view it again as being so much outside of myself because again, I can't control the outside world, but I can control my world, which is literally in my head. Your reality is your You perception. can control your sitcom. There you go. See? So I, I think, you know, this is a great thing to think about. Like, you know, think about your thinking. That's what I will challenge everyone to do. I'll put the link for the test. There's a free test that you can take and you can make of it what you will about whether or not you want to work on something or not, or just see where you fall within the character strengths. And I don't necessarily think that they're weaknesses because none of them are like horrible. They're just like things that if you were to improve upon, you'd probably be a better person either way. Okay. So, um... I think it'd be great for people to really just think about themselves. And again, sometimes you need, I'm always thankful for therapy because there are certain things that, especially now with the vulnerability, which I think lends itself to the honesty portion of it, that there are things that I would have let slide before that I don't because with that I kind of get and she does cognitive behavior therapy which is like your mind like how you think affects how you behave and challenging that so um it helps because in that process of being in therapy for what like a year now almost it's been able to be a challenge for me to be like okay I was doing this last year, but I'm not doing this this year. And when you get to see the growth in yourself, which again, other people may notice, but you know that you've done the work. It's a beautiful thing. Hmm. That's true. It's a beautiful thing. So I would implore everyone to just, you know, play around with the thought of how aware you of how aware you are of how you feel. And are you just letting life happen to you or are you, you know, making sure that you can do the things that you can do to control it? And again, stop falling in love. Like seriously, just stop like being so simple about love. It's not, I'm going to have a whole discussion about love, but like stop being simple about love. It is, there's a science behind it. There's relationship science. Make sure you're picking the right person and make sure you're not being a fool for someone that doesn't, you know. Or if that's what you decide to do, make that decision. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, some I people can't. might. They can. They, some people can. I can't. I'm not in my 20s anymore. So, okay. Well, and Anything I said else for you to my Just the two points that I brought out. I really like the walk into love and you got to do the work. No matter what it is, whatever you decide to do, it, it's work involved for you. Yeah. You. Mm-hmm. 
So we are now at our moment of self-care tip. Okay, now with that, I have a question. Can you post pictures? No. Okay. Well, all right, then there's no point in me bringing down the picture. Okay. Um, as you know, it's been a kind of a struggle the last couple of weeks. And I sort of lost myself. And um, the other day I was going through... Um, a box of my mother's things, which I have carried since she passed and not gone through it. Mm -hmm. And I actually went through it and there were other lots of things there. But um, the thing that I saw, I saw a picture of me when mm -hmm. I, I think I'm probably in my 20s. No, I mean 30s. Mm -hmm. And it's a glamour shot. And I just look absolutely Drop dead gorgeous. Oh, look at you. And it was such a boost for me to see I'm still that person. Mm-hmm. So my thing to tell people to do is to, if you have, <laughs> Rice is just taking over B's lap. If you have pictures of your younger self, a period of where you just, thought you were the bomb diggity or ask someone if they have them, if you got to dig them out. And, I, and maybe this is for the older group, like in your, like in my age group that might be having a, a moment of, oh, I'm just old, tired and who wants me? You know, find that picture, look at it, study it for a minute and think about when it was taken, why you look so good and know that it's still you. Mm -hmm. You still all that. And a bag of chips. Don't don't be humble about that. <laughs> so and I think that is I can't be the only one where that would give give a lift to. I'm not saying that you look at it and then take it to a doctor and get reconstructive surgery. Mm -hmm. That could go so wrong. Now, if you got that kind of money, you can get a really good doctor. Hey, my hat's off to you. I, I even if I had that kind of money, I don't think I would. But just for what it's worth, sometimes we forget that inner person. Mm -hmm. That you were a bad bitch. And, and how we, like you say, you were five, you were this age, you were that age. You forget. Yeah. And you need a wake-up call and just remind yourself, hey, you, you know, you're still here. Mm -hmm. That's the good news. Yeah. So the health tip I have is Dig out those old good-looking shots of yourself. If you got to post them and look up in the morning and, and just be inspired, like, yes, she's going out in the world. See how far you've come. Mm -hmm. And that, that's it. I think that will, it won't fix everything. You know, I'm no longer a size nine, and I hope to never be, because that was just too much work to stay a nine. But... I think you'll get something positive from it. It'll be an encouragement and it's, it's for you. Yeah. You know, don't drag it out and show people because you don't may not get the response you're looking for. <laughs> Is that what you used to look like? Girl. Hmm. Ridiculous. It's just for you to remember the you and that you are still here. There you go. Not here. You're dead. Hey. All right. So as always, thank you all so much for listening. Yes. And like, share, subscribe, do all of the goodness, send us an email, 
about how amazing we are and beautiful we are. Um, <laughs> and be grateful. Yeah, be, I'm gratitude. I mean, oh my goodness, the best thing on earth. Um, so as always, be easy. No, be safe. I'm sorry. <laughs> be well. Be easy, my knees. And be blessed. Bye. Bye.